Well, Martha had a very good story there. So here's another one. This is an old, old story called The Lion and the Mouse. And it's attributed to the ancient storyteller Aesop. The story says that once upon a time, that there was a mouse who was just traveling around enjoying the day, and it just so happened that a lion was hiding nearby and saw the mouse and caught the mouse in between its paws, and the mouse was trapped. And it, the mouse was very afraid that it was going to be the lion's dinner and cried out, please let me go and someday I will help you in return. And the lion was somewhat amused with this idea that a tiny mouse could ever help, a powerful lion, but nevertheless decided to let the mouse go. And so the mouse joyfully scampered away. And a few days later, the mouse was again traveling around and heard the mighty roar of the lion nearby. So the mouse followed the roaring sound until it found the lion trapped in a net full of ropes and was not able to get out. The lion had been caught by a trapper. And the mouse, remembering that the lion had showed it kindness, set to work gnawing at the rope that held the trap together. And after quite a long time, the mouse was able to gnaw clear through the rope, and the lion was ecstatic to be free and thanked the mouse profusely. And the mouse replied, just remember, very small creatures can do very big things and scampered off. And that's the end of the story. Aesop wrote this uh, story, uh, according to our limited knowledge, about 2,600 years ago, a long time ago. And the story, a little bit of background, is that actually, according to legend, Aesop was himself a very small person. And so maybe that has something to do with the story as well. Here's another story. This past Thursday night, I attended an event called P-Town Soup that was held by an organization called PCAV, Peoria Community Against Violence. Now, P-Town Soup is a community event that happens three or four times a year, some of you have been to it, I know, where people share a soup dinner and then also share ideas about projects that could be done in our community to make our community more peaceful. P-Town Soups are, are great community events. We had one at our church, as a matter of fact. They're full of goodwill. And at one point, I was just sort of hanging out, and this cheerful boy, about maybe eight years old, just came up to me and gave me a handshake, this kind of handshake, and then gave me this big hug. And... I don't know exactly how or why he came to do that. Maybe it was a Sunday school assignment, I don't know. <laughs> but I do know that that was a beautiful moment for me. It really was touching. And it was a moment of peace and hope for me. Just a small thing, but a nice experience. At one of the presentations that took place at this event, 
An African-American police officer told the story about how when he was a kid, a cop had stopped him. He was wandering around some neighborhood where the cop thought was unusual for him to be, I guess. And the cop stopped him. And instead of hassling the boy, he found out more about him. And he got him enrolled in some youth programs. And that this encounter with the police officer changed his life. Made him see things in a different way, got him into new activities. And now this man who was the little boy of the story was a police officer himself and involved in helping with youth programs for kids. So that was one of the stories we heard that night. And I don't know about you, but this is exactly the kind of police officer I want out there looking after my kids and your kids. That's the police officer I want. It's a story. It's a true story. And that story also fills me with hope for the future that our world can can heal in some of the ways it needs to heal. Just a story about a small kid and a cop. In science, there is this concept that says that small causes can have larger effects. It was originally developed to understand how weather patterns emerge, and it's called the butterfly effect. I bet you've heard of that. Butterfly effect comes from the idea that the flapping of the wings of a butterfly could affect weather patterns very distant from where that happened. Now this idea became so popular and really kind of so mind-blowing that this metaphor has come to be used to describe the idea that small causes can have larger effects in various kinds of situations, not just weather. And I just want to say that the, it's possible the general public has distorted the science a little bit. I'm not enough of a scientist to know that. But this idea is so amazing that who could blame us for continuing to think about this idea that small things that happen somewhere could have a large effect. Now, the butterfly effect does not predict what will happen in the future. So it's not you know, the lie, it's not that if we, uh, if we help an elderly person with their groceries, it doesn't, care, it doesn't guarantee that she will leave us all her money in, our, in her will. So that part, that doesn't work. That's, that's not what it says. It just says that it will have effects that may be very wide-ranging and that these effects are really unpredictable, but... They, they will be there. So we can't predict that the mouse will someday free the lion. That's just Aesop's story, which is a good story. But we might say, as Aesop is reported to have said, that no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. That quotation is attributed to Aesop. So we can't make a deal with the universe. That's not how it works. But we, what we can rely on is that our action will have an effect, quite possibly a larger effect than we could have imagined, might result in a 
pumpkin patch, you know. The web of events will be altered by what we choose to do. But we have to let go of any specific desires or requests about what the effect should be. There is a, uh, a line in the uh, Hindu classic, the Bhagavad Gita, one of the core books of the Hindu scriptures, where Lord Krishna tells the warrior Arjuna, who's confused about what he should do, and Lord Krishna says, you have control over action alone, never over its fruits. You have control over action alone, never over its fruits. So in other words, we don't have control of what the results of our actions will be. But we do have some control over what we choose to do. And we know there will be effects. So if you can only decide what you will do, you can't decide what will happen, which as I understand it is, is at least uh, uh, goes along with the idea of the butterfly effect. So uh, we need to pay attention to what we do because the effects will travel far and wide. There is a great movie, by the way, uh, that explores this theme. There are movies that explore this theme, by the way. And Shakespeare is full of this kind of stuff where a very small little event changes the course of history. And there's also a movie that I like called Sliding Doors. If you ever need to try to find a movie to watch, it talks about this kind of events. All right, here's another story. This is the story of Michael Servetus, who is the first Unitarian of modern times. He lived in the 1500s. We're in the, uh, we're in the anniversary of the Reformation, so Servetus was part of the Reformation. Uh, Michael Servetus got in trouble for taking issue with the doctrine of the Trinity. He wrote a book saying he disagreed with the doctrine of the Trinity. And he thought that everybody would just love that book and it would become a bestseller of the Reformation. He'd be on the New York Times chart. But instead, he got in a heap of trouble with other religious traditions who uh, called him a heretic. And when I say that he got in trouble, I mean serious trouble. He was eventually sentenced to be burned at the stake for his beliefs about the Trinity. So as the flames were lit, according to a witness at that time, Servetus was reported to have cried out, O Jesus, Son of the Eternal God, have mercy on me. Oh, Jesus, Son of the Eternal God, have mercy on me. And the remark was made by this witness that if he had been willing to move the word eternal to another place in the sentence, he would have been free. If he had been willing to say, this is different now, Oh, Eternal Jesus, that's Trinitarian. O oh, eternal Jesus, Son of God, 
have mercy on me, if he had been willing to move that word eternal, he would have been a free man. Because then he would have been a Trinitarian. But Servetus actually knew exactly what he was saying. He's a very intelligent guy and he, he had made his choice. He had made his choice with, with history. So this is not a lighthearted story, but it shows how seemingly small changes or decisions could have an enormous effect. Enormous. And I want to say that the choice that Servetus made is directly linked to our being in this room this morning. There is a direct link between him making that choice and us being here. For he not only defended this budding idea called Unitarianism, but he defended in a very powerful way this emerging idea of religious freedom, which really took off. Religious freedom was an issue and part of the Reformation, but the Unitarians really took religious freedom to a deeper level. And Servetus, the death of Servetus was part of what made that religious freedom thing just blossom. Because people said, that shouldn't be the way we do things. And it began to change. Servetus could not have possibly known that his decision would in any sense cause us to be here. And it's really not a question of cause, but we are linked to him for what he did because he changed the web of events that resulted in a movement called Unitarianism. And we are part of that. When Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on the bus, she didn't know exactly what would happen. There was no way to predict exactly how the civil rights movement would go or if there would be a civil rights movement. She made a simple action. It was a thought out, planned action. But no one could see exactly what would happen. She decided with the support of her community to take that step. And that turned out to be historic and to change the world. We do not know what the effects of our actions will be, but we do know that they will have effects. I was at our UU General Assembly this past summer in New Orleans, and a minister colleague of mine, who I know fairly well, but I, I haven't talked to him really in a long time, told me, uh, we used to go to the same church in Chicago, and he told me that <clears throat> it was at my ordination service in 1991 in that church that he had decided to become a UU minister. And I, had, I did not know this. And this is kind of like what happens to school teachers, I think, when the student comes up like 25 years later and says, oh, you, were, you changed my life. You, you made me see that, that I, I could do algebra and... and uh, you know, it just made such a difference in myself. It's one of those kind of stories. And I don't take credit for his decision. There was a, it was a wonderful evening with a great sermon that I remember a lot of and music and good friends. 
But what it says is that we're connected in so many more ways than we are ever consciously aware of. We're never consciously aware of all of our connections. They always exceed what we know. Young Milo Meyer is going to change the web of events, going to change the world, particularly for his parents. I think he has probably already changed your sleep patterns. But all the other family as well, and all the people that he goes to school with and meets along his journey. So we don't know exactly what will happen in particular. We don't know what wonderful things he will do. But what we do know is that it matters what we do. We change the world at every moment. That is just how it works. Not necessarily in huge heroic ways, but in ways that make a difference. We can brighten a day or ease a sorrow or help a friend or even someone we've never met before. We can speak up when we need to speak up. We can march if we believe we need to march. We can show compassion and seek justice. And our actions will make a difference, one way or another, over and over again. After today, the web of life will never be the same. It's been changed in countless ways. Which way should we nudge the web of life? Let us choose carefully and as consciously as we can, because the effects of our choices will spread far beyond anything we can imagine right now. Someday, 175 years from now, people may look back and talk about what we did way back in 2017. What choices did we make that changed the future world?